Sorrentino from Italian Roots and Genealogy, and I'm here today with Celia Milano, who's written three books on her family research and her trips through Italy. So welcome, Celia. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, uh, you know, when I was going through the notes and, and um, some of the things that you wrote, you started um, your research before many of us who you rely on the Internet, correct? Correct. <laughs> and I noticed yes. that you were writing letters and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So what got you the bug to actually start the research in the first place? Years ago, growing up, I always asked my parents where we were from. And because all our neighbors, you know, I, I would be going to the temple with my girlfriend, uh, you know, going to this church, that church. And we all learned about each other, okay? And when I asked my parents, they said, oh, we were born in America, and we are American. And I said, but, you know, Grandma and Grandpa talk a little bit funny, you know? And they said, oh, well, they're old. So that, that was the excuse. But really, it wasn't until, um, wow, 1995, my mother um, sent me some papers and she didn't realize within that pile of papers were the two birth certificates for my dad's parents. So I, I, well, I was jumping for joy when I saw them and I said, oh my gosh. So what I did was um, I called a couple of folks. I got in touch with the, um, in Red Bank, there's a language school there. And I called them and I asked them, I said, is it possible to have a letter written in Italian? And they says, yes, of course, no problem. So I researched and I found um, the Italian white pages, a version of it, a much you know earlier version that actually had everybody's home phone numbers in it and their addresses. So I took all the surnames that I found on the birth certificates and I went to the language school and they helped me form um, an introduction letter about, you know, who I was, who my grandparents were and that they were born there in the town and um, sent the letters out. I don't know, I guess it must have sent about 150, 200 letters out to the town. And I received a letter from one gentleman, Lorenzo Milano who that happens to be my father's name, his given name, Lorenzo Milano. And um, it turned out well, I had to bring the letter back to the, uh, to the Red Bank school, okay, to language school, because there's no way in heck I'd be able to read it. So um, I brought it back and they said, oh my, this gentleman writing to you is your grandfather's nephew. I said, oh my gosh. So that's how the correspondence began. Um, so I would constantly be at the language school <laughs> in Red Bank. And they would, um, you know, we did the letter both in Italian and then on the back in English. So then this way I have a copy of it and I would be able to know what I was telling them and asking them. And that went on for about two years. And I said to my oldest sister, I said, you know, I said, I really would like to meet these people. And she was all like, you know, she had 
my sister was eight years older than I, and she'd never been out of the country, so she had to get a passport, and she was like a nervous Nelly. And um, but we went, and we were able to meet. As a matter of fact, when we arrived in Rome, um, Lorenzo's sister, who I did not know about, lived in Rome, and they had they called the uh, the hotel because obviously Lorenzo told Maria where we were, and we got to meet them. We got to meet uh, Maria, her husband, uh, her daughter, and. Her son-in-law, who, thank goodness, um, he, he spoke several languages and he taught at the university in Rome. So Alfonso then became our uh, interpreter <laughs> for the couple of days you know, that we were there. But it was, it was nice, and, and that's what started it. I would have started much younger, but you know, my, my parents, they were afraid because they were discriminated against growing yeah. up. I grew up in Queens, New York, in College Point, which wasn't, you know, there were Italians, but it wasn't a real Italian enclave. But um, my grandparents lived in Corona, or my, at least my, my mom's parents lived in Corona, which was just, it was all Italian. So when we went there, it was like, it didn't matter. You know, everybody on the block had an Italian accent for the most part, all the older people. So, so, but that was, that was interesting. You know, I, I don't recall, you know, either one of my parents ever, you know, feeling that way. But like I said, it's probably because they grew up in an area that was probably at the time 95% Italian. Before we talked and I was reviewing things, I thought that was very interesting that they said you were American and that the yeah. that your grandparents were just old. <laughs> yeah. That was the excuse. And, you know, I was very persistent. And after a while, you know, uh, my mother just, you know, just ignored me. But I found out later on, okay, that my mother and her sister, um, due to their parents splitting up, they were sent to a convent school. So during the week, they were at school. And then on the weekend, Grandpa Cotoni would bring them home. Mm. But what happened was at the school, and my cousin Patty confirmed this for me, she said to me, when the two sisters were speaking, because when they went to school, they all they knew was their Sicilian dialect. They didn't know English. They weren't exposed to the English language. So when they went to the convent school, whenever the two sisters tried to speak to each other, the nuns I hate to say this, but the but the nuns hit them, mm, yeah, and they said English only. So th- I think that's what my mother was afraid of—that we would possibly have to go through what she went through and her sister went through. So that's why they didn't want us, um, you know, to learn the dialect. And I wish I did because as I got older, I tried to take—I can't tell you how many Italian lessons. I know, but. Me too. But my head just can't absorb it. I mean, when you're young, you're like a sponge and you, you know, you absorb everything. But not when you get older. 
<laughs> yeah, I try and try and try. And, I, you know, I pick up a little bit here and there. You know, through the research, there's certain, you know, when you're looking at the old records, there's certain keywords that you can yes. pick up on and you start to understand and things like that or occupations and, and things. But I'm, yes. I'm right there with you. My parents the same way. They, they spoke Italian to their parents, of course. Um, and, you know, my, my, um, my dad's uh, three of his older siblings were born in Italy. And my mom had two that were born in Italy. So, um, you know, the, you know, they spoke all the time and, and they would speak in Italian when they didn't want us to understand something (laughs) instead of teaching us. (laughs) Well, that's, that was my grandparents, but it was like, you know, we didn't know. I remember my my mother telling me the story before I was born. I guess my, my dad's father used to, I didn't know him. He, He passed away just right after I was born, but. Uh, he would dress up as Santa Claus, and and I remember my my mother telling me that my brother, who's five years older than me, uh, asked how come how come Santa Claus talks like Grandpa, having <laughs> 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 Italian accent. <laughs> oh, that's too funny! That's too funny. Now, Bob, was your first language English, or did you do do you know some Italian from growing up? I just, I mean, I know little, you know, bits and pieces of Italian things, you know, Ashbed, because they used to tell you that all the time. Yes, yes. You know, a few things like that. Um, and, you know, I used to play cards with my, my grandmother, my, my mom's mother. So, oh. you know, there are a few things here and there, but certainly not enough to, you know, to be able to, to claim to have any kind of real speaking ability. And, uh, you know, I can read it a little bit, again, because of going through the records and things. So you do kind of pick up stuff. Um, But I wish they had taught us. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of people. And, and, you know, one thing that, you know, when we were growing up and and even now, you know, the the Polish had Polish schools for the kids and the Jewish had Hebrew schools for the kids. And the Italians didn't do anything. They didn't do that. Correct. Correct. Anything. You know, they taught us how to cook, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember helping my grandma. Oh my gosh. Make, um, these Sicilian pizza and, you know, we would knead the dough and all and, and she would put it back in the closet, you know, with the, with the mopping over it, with, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And this cloth over it, and I would try to be peeking in the closet. And she says, "No, no, no." She says, "You have to wait. We have to wait." So finally, when the dough was ready, um, <laughs> yeah, we put it in that uh, big black square pan that she had. But <clears throat> the um, it, it was interesting because her Sicilian pie was just the dough, and my job when I was small was to put my thumbprints in the dough and, <laughs> and we would then put pieces of tomato, drizzle a little oil on it and, you know, and then some, you know, oregano and then put it in the oven. And that was the pie that we knew mm-hmm. after my grandparents passed away. The first time my dad took us to the pizzeria, we got the Sicilian pie. And it was like, we looked at it and we said, what the heck is this? Because it had all the cheese on it. Yeah, yeah. But it turned out that when my grandparents, my grandmother was growing up, they could not afford the cheese. 
So all my life, I the Sicilian pie was just, you know, the dough and the drizzle of oil and the little pieces of tomato. I The first time, I'll never forget that. I close my eyes and I can see the pizzeria, what the pizza was. And we're all looking at the table saying, what the heck is this? We'll be right back. Italian Roots and Genealogy is proudly sponsored by Your Dolce Vita and Dawn Matera, connecting people to their purpose in life and continuing their legacy. For more information, contact Dawn at www.yourdolcevita.com. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'll tell you my Sicilian pie story. Both my aunt and uncle worked at the local bakery in Corona. Um, Leonard's, and they had this great Sicilian pie. It was, uh, I never forget. I mean, I could taste it now. That's how, that's how good it was. It's thick and it was so good. The uh, owner's, I guess she's his grand, I guess she's his granddaughter. She posted something about it and somebody said something about the recipe and all of that. And I said, boy, I'd, I'd love to have the recipe, you know, because I knew my uncle used to make it. Uh, back in the late 50s, early 60s, late 50s, probably. And uh, so she said, well, unfortunately, it, it died with, it was either her father or uncle. And then That's her right. cousin said, I have it, but I swore I would not give it to anyone, only the family. Uh-huh. So I, you know, I mentioned my, my mother's last name, Nicoletti, and uh, I said, you know, my uncle Frank used to bake the pizza. He used to make the dough and the pizza. He used to be a baker. And he came back and he said, oh, you're that Nicoletti. Send me a message. So I sent him a message and he said, your family, I'll give you the recipe. Oh, wow. So he gave me the recipe. And uh, again, he, as he said, he's, he's probably 10 or 12 years older than me. He said, I remember your uncle making, I remember being there when he was making. I was like 20 or whatever. And I remember him and and uh, I remember your, your aunt and all of that. So I was able to get the recipe. And, and uh, you know, he said it's not exactly the same because, of course, you don't have the same equipment and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be pretty close. But what I do with, with the dough, the proofer, I kind of fake it. I put it in there. And then I put um, a pan of boiling hot water in there for the steam. Oh. And I let it proof with the steam. Oh. And it. It, you know, it gives them put, of course, you put the towel over and all that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But that, you know, I don't know if it makes a difference or not, but I, I kind of keep it warm that way, especially if you have the air conditioner going in the, yeah. in, in the summer or something like that. And, th- and that's the other thing that amazed me when, when my aunts and stuff would, would cook. They would be in this hot, hot kitchen, no air conditioning for hours and hours yes. and hours. Yes. Yes. And the food that came out of that was, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you can't replace it. So, so now the the first trip you made to Italy was that the one with your sister, or had you gone before that? No, no, I went. I went with my sister. I went with my sister. Um, I asked my husband. I said, "You're going to come with us?" He says, "No." He says, "It's all you're going to be doing is like talking, 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 family." Blah 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 blah. I said, "Okay, fine." So it was just my sister and I. And uh, no, we ha- we had a, a wonderful time. You know, we were with the um, relatives in, in Rome for, you know, a day or two. That was very nice. And uh, then we flew to uh, 
Palermo. I rent, you know, we um, rented the car. And what I did at first was we went to Messina, to Labrizzi, to the mountain town, because um, I had I had my grandfather's uh, papers. So I wrote to the uh, whatever Catoni family I could find in Labrizzi. So we went to Labrizzi. That's how I know about that mountain road going up there. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then um, we met one of the uh, the Catoni families there. We're still in touch. We're still in touch. We believe, you know, we're still trying to make the connection about uh, cousins and all. But they did bring me to the cemetery, and I went to some of the gravestones there. And then uh, we were there for a while. We went to the Aeolian Islands, you know, we went to Lapari. We, so, we, you know, we went all around. And then it was time to go to Casalamana. And I, I drove. My sister, you know, she had the map. But it was an interesting drive because at one point um, the road stopped because they didn't chop through the mountain. So you had to stop, go down to the sea road, and then go back up. I don't know if it's still the same. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. They, I, they, they may have I, I may yeah. modernized it since then. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I drove. I drove. It was probably around the same time. It's ninety. When were we in Italy the first time? Ninety six, I think. And my, so I drove this when we went last year. I wasn't driving anymore. I said, "I'll, I'll sit, I'll sit in the back." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I remember driving on the um, uh, the the road in the uh, Amalfi, which was like one lane going up the mountain and. You know, yeah, you have to try to find it. And if these trucks are coming past you and everything wow. like that. And yeah. it was, it was, it got scary. Uh, so now, yeah. so, so what did the family think when you got there? What did they have to say when you showed up? Well, was, did they, did they know very, you were coming? I guess they did. Yes. Yes. Lorenzo knew because, uh, you know, the letters back and forth. And I had said to him, you know, my sister and I are going to come and, you know, please, we didn't. I could not find a hotel there. So when I wrote to him, I said, please, I said, just, you know, um, make the arrangements. And then, you know, when we get there, you know, we'll make the payment. So um, we met in a cafe before you get uh, to Casalamata because, boy, oh, boy, even getting in that town was like, you know, there are a lot of one-way streets, which I found out later on, driving around a couple of times. I went the wrong way on the, on the streets. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody was on the road at that time. But um, so we met Lorenzo there. Now, when he came through the door of the cafe, I said, oh, my God. I said to my sister, Lori, I said, look. I said, it looks like daddy. Mm. Same shape the the, the the same body shape it was like oh my god it was like my dad was coming through and the two of them looked very 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 much alike so it was it was just it just floored us it really did 
So we made, the, you know, we made the introduction. So now, you know, we're talking, you know, like we're miming and all. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have our friend Google at the time. Okay. <laughs> so, well, well we, uh, it was interesting because uh, when we got into town, um, we went to their townhouse. And it turns out that Lorenzo was giving my sister and I the townhouse for the time we would be there. And they were going out. They had a country home. So they were going there. And they also had, um, you know, the olive groves out there. And they had um, uh, grapes, too, mm -hmm. the vineyard. So for the time my sister and I were there, we stayed at their home in town. And they were out in the uh, in the vineyard, wow. so that was very sweet of them. We didn't even know that that they were going to be doing that. And we met their uh, their son, my second cousin, uh, third cousin. I don't know. We have to do those numbers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, Renzo uh, spoke some English because he had worked overseas for a little bit so we were able to communicate uh renzo now was our interpreter and uh you know they they brought us all around town even out at the vineyard they had um they had a uh, barbecue there which my sister and i didn't know i mean i had i had to learn how to drive to go out to the vineyard and so i was able to get myself there and to get us there. And it turns out that everybody that I wrote to those few years before were at the barbecue, wow. right? The get together. That's incredible. Because, because I guess what happened was I wrote all the surnames is what I did. And then um, Renzo said to me, you know, everybody who got the letter, Went to my father to find out, like, you know, who the heck you are, you know. And, you know, when they said no, you know, Rosario was my uncle. So it was, you know, it, I got the stamp of approval because of who of who I was. So I got to meet all these folks. It was it was just unbelievable. And it was interesting because I sat next to Renzo. And people were looking at me, they were looking at Renzo. They were looking at me, they were looking at Renzo. Because we pretty much look alike. Mm. And and then when um, <laughs> then when his dad Lorenzo sat next to us, even my sister said, she says, oh my gosh, Celia. She says, the three of you look alike. So I, I guess that's what a lot of folks were looking at when I saw all the heads turning. I said, I don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> but no, it was it was it was a wonderful, wonderful visit. And it so, really and, was. And so now, have, do you know how many years they were there? I mean, how far back were you able to go there in in time? They were there forever. Yeah. They were there. They were there forever. Parts of the family were the one, um, the great grandfather who I found out is a foundling. Mm -hmm. He was born in um, Calatafeme, 
And I can't find out that much about this gentleman. I've done some research and because I don't know if he was in an orphanage, if, if he was adopted. I have, um, uh, there's a gentleman in Sicily, uh, Rosario. He, um, he does a lot of research for folks, especially here in the States. So I asked him, I said, how, you know, how is it that I can find anything out? So I think, um, I haven't been there since 2019, obviously, because of everything that was going on in the world. But um, I want to go back to Colette Femme. I want to go through the records there. Uh, there, was a, there was a woman there, uh, Serafina. I think she's since retired. But if you go to the records, I mean, it's the actual yeah. record, the registry. Okay, and a lot of it has not been digitized. So the last time I was there, she climbed on the ladder. She went all the way to the top to, you know, to get the book out. And I, I, that's when I found out that he was a foundling because she had sent me uh, a year before his birth certificate. But on there, there were no parents listed. So I brought the, the birth certificate with me and I said to her, I said, you know, no parente. So that's when she went and she got the book. And that's when we found out that he was a foundling. And back then, what they did with some of the foundlings is if there were, um, quote, business people in town, you know, like a blacksmith, a, a shoemaker, if they needed an apprentice, if they needed somebody to work for them, that's how they were able to get, you know, an employee. And plus the person was able to learn a trade. Mm, yeah. And on, on one of um, his son's death certificates, it said that his father was a shoemaker. So I'm saying to myself, okay, so he had, a, he learned from somebody when he was growing up to be a shoemaker. Yeah. Wow. Which, that's, that's which I found interesting. So I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find any kind of records because I don't know. I don't know back then if, if they, they track these children or they no, just, I don't think they, I don't think just, they did. Yeah. Especially if they were left at the know, wheel, he was left yeah. at the wheel. Yeah. So yeah. unless somebody left something like a ribbon or a medal or Correct. something, Correct. But they, 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 they probably wouldn't know. Yeah. And this was, and this was during the Garibaldi era. Mm, yeah. When they had all the freedom fighters in Sicily. So who knows? Who knows what happened? But he was, he was left at the wheel. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting thing. And you know, I, we just saw it on TV the other day. I forget where it was. Oh, the fire department someplace here in the states where they it's almost like the same thing it was i was shocked i said that's the wheel uh where you if you yeah you could leave the baby yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they um, had it they had it at the church yeah um, they would have it at the church at the right. hospitals yeah and and you know if if the family was able to later on want the baby back or the child back, 
yes, they would leave a ribbon or a card or something in there that, that would identify the parents could identify the child. Yeah. But if, you know, you didn't leave anything there, that meant that, you know, the child would grow up in the orphanage or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? I guess, I guess, the, I guess the, the fact that people would take them in, I mean, maybe wasn't, you know, a great life, but at least they taught them a trade and things. So that, yeah. so that was your, that was your, your dad's family, right? Now is your, your mom's family from the same area or also from Sicily? My mom's family is um, partly from Casalamata, and then her dad was from uh, Labrizzi. And my sister and I, as I said, we went to that town, and we, we met uh, some of the Catonis. I, th I think sometimes that people are a little leery, mm -hmm. okay, when you, when you contact folks. Because in all my letters, I say, I just want to continue the family history is what I want to continue. You know, you know I'm, not, I'm not looking to move in with you or, you know, <laughs> or anything like that. You know, but it, it's, it's just the history. Because, yeah, you, know, you know, I found, the, I found the, the, the people there, you know, they're so willing to help. Um, yes. Especially when they find out. You know, I, I found, I started, I guess, 15, 16 years ago and I was, and I found a, um, I did the same thing you did, only I basically did it electronically. I was on Facebook, you know, <laughs> you know looking for the names and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I found a fourth cousin who was, she's been just, you know, tremendous help, uh, helping me, you know, you know, not only confirm, um, but to help me find others. And, um. She was just, she couldn't wait for us to go. I mean, we were supposed to go in April of 2020, just as COVID hit. I mean, oh, gosh. Cancel it and, you know, for like, you know, two and a half years or something like that. And finally got to go last June. But I'm oh, dying to go back. I'm dying to go back. Yeah, I want to go back um, this fall. I would like to go back um, only because <laughs> it's interesting. I, I made friends in town. And then this one older gentleman um, who he found out who I was at one of the cafes, because what I did was I brought, <laughs> I brought all my family history, my genealogy sheets with me. And, you know, when I first walked around the town, people would see like tourist <laughs> okay, on a tourist on my head, okay, mm -hmm. until um, this uh, gentleman, uh, a younger fella, uh, Vito Alfano, he owns uh, the Gelataria, and um, he says, no, no, her, the cousins were here in town, you know, grandparents, so no more do I have tourist on my forehead, but people would come to the cafe, and they would they would look to see who was in my family tree and who knew this one, who knew that one. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, but this older gentleman who was introduced to me by uh, Vito Alfano, he, um, he says to me many, many years ago in 1997, and he knew the year, he said, I was having cafe with Lorenzo, my friend. And he said he had to leave 
because he had to go pick up and meet two cousins coming from the United States. So Enzo was having coffee with my cousin. And so he remembered that day. Mm. So ever since then, I mean, um, I met his wife, Santina. You know, we would go for dinner. But Santina's family has, um, in Alcamo, they have um, a summer house there. But also all kinds of fruits and vegetables growing there, (laughs) including the, the olives. So in October of 2019, my last time there, um, I was at the orchard and we picked the olives. Mm. And I, I said to Enzo, I recently texted him and I said, I want to come back in the fall because I want to, again, be involved with the olive harvest. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. It was unbelievable get these rakes and you just rake in the trees. And then some of the guys are standing on the ladders and it's like, Oh my gosh, it it was just phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed it. And and you can't, uh, you can't compare, you know, we, our bottles here say olive oil, but they're not olive oil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was funny. It was funny because what he did was he made up, a little Tupperware for me. Okay. And, um, I had to put it in my suitcase. He said, because he says, Oh, he says for Vito, because my husband is, he's the chef in the family. So he wanted him to have some of the olives. I said, Oh my gosh. I said, I don't even know if I can bring that in. (laughs) Well, now they know now. (laughs) Yeah. We did the same thing. When we were in Capacota, they gave us, um, there were two young guys who just started like a, a commune or something like that to, mm-hmm. they wanted to um, make, you know, ancestral type of uh, lentils and beans and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And so they started this farm and they gave us a bag of lentils. And wow. I was like, I don't know if we're allowed to bring this back or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. If they ask, we just say, we don't have anything, which is what we did. So we, I guess we smuggled in a bag of lentils, yes. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, you know, there's it. a lot of that going on now. A lot of these, uh, there's a lot of agriculture that they're, you know, trying to go back to the old ways. And it's the same thing with the fruit and vegetables and everything. It, everything is just so fresh and all of that. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, so I want to talk a little bit. You know, you, I said at the beginning, you wrote three books. So what are the three books about before we forget? Well, yeah, <laughs> the three books. Well, my my first one was my Sicilian family adventures, and that pretty much is my story that I just told you about. You know, you know, mom and dad, uh, you know, not telling us anything, and then you know, myself getting all the uh, the information, the birth uh, the birth certificates, and so I pretty much wrote that was my trip with my sister in my Sicilian family adventures. That was, that was that book. The, the, um, (laughs) and what happened one of the times I went to Sicily, I was supposed to meet my cousin Salvatore. Now Salvatore is Lorenzo's son. 
but he lives in Pisa. He has a construction firm in Pisa. So the last time I was there in, well, no, it was, I think it was in 2018 I met him there. Um, we were supposed to meet for dinner, but, I mean, he had a lot of things going on. So we did meet for one hour. We had dinner, okay, and then we corresponded because he he does have a little bit of English language, but we corresponded through, uh, you know, the messenger. Mm-hmm. So, and then on Facebook, and, you know, I mentioned this in, in my second book, um, he had said that they went to an Andre Bocelli concert or whatever. I said, okay, fine. I said, you know, years ago, my friend Francine and I, we were in New York City and we saw Andrea there. It was like fantastic. So a few days later, he reposts on Facebook and he has, there's something there that I couldn't read. It was all like, you know, it was, I just couldn't read it. So I wrote to him and I said to him, what is this thing that you posted? I can't read it. He says to me, oh, he says, it's your tickets. I said, tickets for what? He says, oh, he says, you will be coming to Tuscany and you will be seeing Andrea Bocelli at the Theater of Silence. The, the facility, well, really, it's just the mountainside that Andrea Puccelli owns, that they, you know, they set up the, the chairs, the screens, and he just plays outside. It was like, oh, my God, it was, like, fantastic. It was unbelievable. So my Tuscany in July book is about my trip to Pisa mm. to stay with my cousin Salvatore and his uh, girlfriend, Monica. And... um they took me all around. I love Pisa. I, I was there just about every day. I I love to walk. I yeah, people we, call, we walk a lot. You know, yeah. I say I walk the streets, and people look at me like, "What are you crazy?" Yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> I enjoy walking the streets. You see so much when you walk. Yeah, yeah. Even going down the little alleyways and everything. Yeah, it's it. I love doing that. I love walking the streets. And not only that, you feel like you're 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 part of everything when you're doing that. Yes, you're 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 engaged. Yeah, and you know when you go down those side streets, I mean, you see other little stores too. Yeah. You know, and um, when we were in Pisa, um, we would walk down a couple of the side streets, and there was a gentleman there who would be weaving. I have a picture of him in, in my book, Weaving. I, I, I was just so fascinated by this man. And it was just, you know, you just find so many different things when you when you walk. Yeah, and I always carried my backpack with me, and I had my family trees in it, just in case, you know, people ask me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The interesting thing, you know, Especially in, in Naples, my my grandmother's mother is Guachalo, which is one of the, I mean, it's the name in Naples. I mean, they go back to 950. So, oh so as soon as somebody found out that I was Guachalo, it was like, oh, my, do you know? I said, yes, I, I know. That's why I'm That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> you know, yeah. and the name is, the name is everywhere. 
but yeah, that was that was kind of my ticket into everything. As soon as yeah. I dropped that name, it was like, oh, oh you're famous, you're famous. <laughs> no tourist. <laughs> I mean, my my in the Duomo in Naples, and I didn't notice till we got there. They actually have a statue of Saint Francis Guachalo, and he's uh-huh. not he's not in my grandmother's direct line. He would probably be some sort of distant sixteenth cousin. Ten times removed or whatever it was, uh, but you know, it, it, it was there, and we actually got a, a tour. I mean, this, he was so nice, Don Augustino. He's probably in his eighties. He's was probably I, I I don't know what the relationship was, but he was certainly a distant cousin, or not, not maybe not even that distant to my grandmother. And he gave us a tour of the church and and all of that kind That's of stuff. Sweet. And, yeah, just, you know, I wasn't expecting that. He just, they said, oh, this is Don Augustino Caracciolo. And he's going to tell you about the Duomo and uh, San Gennaro and all of that kind of stuff. Um, wow. But that's a good idea. You know, I have to do that next time is bring the uh, bring the paperwork with me. Because <laughs> we want to go yeah. back to, we want to go to Puglia this time to where my, my mother's family is from. And, and and now on Facebook, there are, um, there are a couple of ladies who now, um, when she became an Italian citizen, she lives part time in Labrizzi, part time in another town. So you know, when I go there, there are a couple of different folks now that I'll be going to different places in Sicily to visit, to you know, to to meet up with some of the folks, because you know we're all doing our we're all doing our history. Yeah, that's what I want to do because I my dad has. I guess they. I guess Roberto is. I think my second cousin, and he is in. He is in Puglia in Toronto because my grandmother's brother was an admiral in the Italian Navy. There's a big Navy base in in Toronto, okay. and so they said, you know, you come. Of course, you come. We'll take you. We'll do this and we'll do that and the other thing. Uh, and they are. They're only about an hour from Torito in Puglia, so you know, we'll be able to go back and forth and yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking to, you know, forward to going, going there. Uh, and so now you saw, that's the two books. What was the third book? My third book. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get them all in. Well, my third book was uh, life's curves. And I, I started writing this book totally different reason, but in one of my writing uh, groups that I belong to, one of the gals said to me, she says, well, you know, we're in the middle here of this whole pandemic. She says, maybe you want to put a twist in there about it. So then I started thinking because when I was supposed to go visit my cousin in Pisa, um, he had text, you know, texted me there on the messenger and he said to me, because I was supposed to go for Easter hmm. in 2020. So he wrote to me. He says to me, did you book your ticket yet? I says, no, not yet. It was like, you know, uh, September, October. And he says, do not. I said, okay, why not? And he had said to me, he was in Pisa. And he says, what was happening a town or two uh, north of him, there were folks who live in that town who commute back and forth to 
um, Asia and the people in the town were getting very ill really? and they were shutting the town down. And that was uh, September wow. 2019. Yeah. So, I said to myself, okay, so I took that information because it wasn't known here yet. I mean, we didn't know until January, February, the yeah. following year. So I took that information and I had that to be the beginning of a book, to have two friends, one who was doing a photo shoot in Rome, who was a very, you know, leggy, leggy gal, who these two gals grew up together. and um, you know, to start the story with that, with the girl, with the gal mm -hmm. saying, oh, she says, you know, she called and she told her friend, well, I'm, I'm back in the States. And she says, you know, like, why? And they said, well, because there's some kind of virus or sickness going around. And the magazine who she worked for um, told them to all leave and they left. And that's how that book started. So it is two gals looking back on their life and everything that they did. Mm -hmm. So whatever, what happened here in the present triggered their past and things that they did together. And, oh, and a lot of it is based on trips that I took with my younger sister, with one of my high school girlfriends. She's the redhead. We called her Irish <laughs> because she had flaming red hair. <laughs> <laughs> freckles <laughs> same as my little younger sister yeah <laughs> so that's what that book is about oh that's great that's yeah that's interesting and and i you know that's interesting about the whole thing back you know september october of, yes uh, yes um because you know who knows what that whole that whole thing i mean i don't i don't think we'll ever know the the whole story but at least now it doesn't seem to be as bad. And, and you know, thank God. Uh, when, yeah. when I was when I was doing my research, okay, um, I found out that one of my uh, great uncles he died from cholera, and that was in Sicily, and another one from the Spanish flu. Because when I when I went to um, the record office at the cemetery in Casalamata, I was able to. Um, you know, they gave me all the registries, and I was there hours, hours, hours on end. And finally, I found one of the names I was looking for, and um, the gentleman brought me to his well, to his grave, which really is, uh, you know, a joint grave. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is. I don't know elsewhere in Europe, but I know in Sicily, even though you purchase um, a mausoleum drawer or you, your family builds a mausoleum or you're in the ground, if the ground, if the ground taxes are not paid, they exhume you and they put you in a mass grave. So I started on one of my trips. I, I go to the cemetery and I photograph all the gravestones and then I put them up on find a grave because what happens is if people are doing their research and they know they are, you know, ancestors came from this particular town. If they go, they won't find the grave. But if I took a, if I snapped a photo 
a year or two before they were exhumed, it's up on find a grave. So, you know, I, I do that for my fellow genealogists trying to, to find out family information. But I mean, I never knew that until I went and I kept seeing these signs saying Avazi or Avazi. And I'm saying to myself, what is that? So I asked cousin Felice and he told me that's what happened. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, and I, I was just totally appalled because, you know, I have all the deeds to all the graves for the family. And, you know, nobody, nobody's gotten exhumed as far as I know. Yeah. Because, yeah. because here in the States, when you purchase the grave, yeah, yeah, you, you purchase have the grave. Yeah, you'll have it. You yeah. It's yours forever. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't know that in Europe. I mean, that's how it is, I know, in Sicily. I don't know about the rest of Europe. Uh, no, I think it's I think it's pretty much the same, at least in the rest of Italy. I know when we went, uh my my great grandfather, who is my cousin's grandfather because he had two families thirty years apart, but uh, okay. he showed me the original mausoleum and I says, Is that are they is there family in there? And he said, no, he said, he said, um, my great grandfather, my great, great grandfather sold it to another oh. family. So oh. whoever was in there for my family then was moved to wherever, wherever uh, they put the bones, you know, in the Nashua or whatever they did with it. Um, and so he said, no, he said, but even now he said, now nobody, nobody owns it. Again, you could see it's got a gate, but it's all, falling apart and everything so there's basically nobody there but that's probably what happened they probably didn't upkeep the, the payments or whatever and and so it's just an empty mausoleum now um so i think yeah i think it's pretty much the the same everywhere in, in italy well see yeah this has been fantastic i, I really <laughs> appreciate taking the time and so where can people find the books if they want to purchase one or all three well amazon barnes and noble online we have them and here I, at the book. And we'll yeah. put all the links up there so people could. Okay, great. So. Great. Well, listen, thanks again. Have a great day. Yes, and thank you so much, Bob. It's great talking to you. Uh, same here. My pleasure.